there it is. Welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, it's the Deep Cover Podcast. Back at you. Coming off of a disappointing game against the Cincinnati Bengals out there in week seven. We're going to talk about that. Um, maybe talk a little trade deadline. Maybe kind of do sort of a, a taking stock of where the, the team is at this point in the season. And then maybe a little bit of a look ahead at the second head, the second second part of the season, second half of the season, excuse me. But before we get into all of that, joined as always by Chris and Carrie, let's touch base with the guys. I'll start with you, Chris. How you doing, man? Have you uh, have you recovered off of the, the throttling that the uh, the Bengals <laughs> doled out to the Ravens? Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's easier for me to just chalk it up as a, as a fluke. You know, that's what I say. It was just a fluke. That, that's all. But um, – now, in all seriousness, uh, it was a hard loss to take. But, um, I mean, hey, if you would have told me, you know, 16, 17 guys on IR, that their team would be 5-2, and I'll be happy with that. So, always the bigger picture with us. There you go. There you go. We're going we're gonna to touch on that a little bit more, too, that big picture. That's important. Carrie, man, how you been? Surprisingly, none of us had Jamar Chase in our three-man uh, DFS league. <laughs> I'm glad that that would have been a wrap. Uh, how are you doing otherwise, man? I'm good, man. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, they can take the bye week and, um, you know, not to panic too much, you know, five and two, you definitely take that considering all the injuries they've faced. And, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to kind of talk through it tonight and, you know, try to make sure that, you know, everything is on the right page with this team. Yeah, we definitely will. We definitely will. So let's start there. Let's let's uh, just rip the bandaid right off, and uh, and you know, so we can we can put a button, uh, put a bow on that game, and, and move on. Um, Bengals won forty one seventeen. Came into Baltimore, um, turned into the Jamar Chase show, as everyone kind of knows by now. Went for two hundo uh, against the Ravens, which is a big number. Uh, for for any wide receiver, not not like we haven't seen a Cincinnati uh, Bengals receiver put up 200 uh, against the Ravens before. AJ Green's done it, uh, but still, anytime you see that, you know it's it's kind of a shock. Uh, obviously, you know he had that 82 yard um, catch and run, so that was a big chunk of it. But you know he was doing work on some other plays too, and then it kind of just got away. You know, at that point, uh, Chris and I were talking before we hit record that, you know, that first half was just kind of typical ASC North football, you know, thing with 13-10 going into halftime and pretty competitive. And then it kind of just got away from the Ravens in the second half there. But um, I'll start with you, Kerry. What were your impressions of the game? And uh, this is kind of a redundant question because I know you guys, none of us are are sky, uh, you know, the sky is falling kind of guys, but is there anything in there that gives you any kind of like long-term concern or do you just chalk it up to, Hey, it was just bad day. Um, Not so much. I mean, like you said, the first half was a typical, you know, division kind of back and forth battle that you would kind of expect. Um, it, It's funny because I felt like uh, last week we all talked up this Bengals team and we all kind of talked about different players and kind of went in depth. And they kind of bit us in our ass because they really <laughs> – some of those same guys <laughs> really took to us. I mean, 
Reader dominating, making plays on the interior. You know, obviously, uh, you know, the tight end, make, you know, making that big play, uh, you know, down the field. Oh, actually, a couple plays. <laughs> make a couple plays down the field. Um, but one thing that kind of stuck out to me is, you know, they have been playing at a slower pace and they really have been reluctant to, to have, um, you know, Burrow drop back a lot in the games prior to this game. Well, they threw that all out of the window and they were completely willing and open to him throwing it all around the field. So I think that probably caught the Ravens off guard, you know, just based off of the previous, um, you know, six games that they played. Because, I mean, there was times that Burrow was only throwing like 19, 20 times in a game. And, you know, he was being super efficient within that. But <laughs> this was a uh, team that was really focused on running the football. And they kind of went with the opposite approach. A lot of dropbacks and, you know, eventually um, they sprung a couple runs to kind of put the nail in the coffin. But if you look at the way they were going about things, um, you know, they were trying to get it done um, through the air. So, I mean, I guess that's something that you can be a little bit concerned with because, you know, obviously Marlon didn't have his best day. Um, Tackling wasn't great. And, you would have liked to have seen them be able to kind of pressure Burrow um, and, you know, kind of rattle him and do some of the things they were able to do against uh, Herbert just the week before. And they didn't get it done, uh, you know, against a uh, what everybody would consider a lesser offensive line. So um, some concerns there, but, you know, I, I want to kind of go back to the game and, and you know, I'm, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Look at it one more time and, and see kind of what they were doing. Um, but overall, not something I'm, you know, too overly concerned about. But, you know, it was a sound uh, victory by uh, the Bengals. I mean, you just got to take your hats off to to them, man. Them guys played extremely well. Yeah, you do. You have to tip the cap. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been kind of teetering on do I want to engage in some loser talk and get into, uh, if it wasn't for this, uh, if it wasn't for that, I think I'm going to, I'm going to reserve and not do that. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to check myself and not do it, but to your point about them, you know, maybe kind of changing the approach a little bit. I think early on, um, they pretty much resigned themselves to the fact that they weren't going to have a lot of success running. I wouldn't say they abandoned the run. They certainly, you know, attempted to run and, and had a couple of, of runs where they popped. I think they might've had a seven, nine, 10 yard gain here or there. But like you said, those, those long runs that came um, in the second half and, and, you know, even in the fourth quarter, that 46 yard um, to uh, Perrin, um, Mixon had that 21 yarder, Perrin had that 46. And then on their other 20, so they, they ran, they had total 24 carries for 111 yards in those two TDs. Uh, but in those other 22 runs, 44 yards. 14 of those 22 went from two yards or less. So, you know, it's not like they were just ripping off, you know, seven, eight, nine, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-yard runs here or there. I mean, we were at that Chargers game, and we didn't have the numbers per se right there in front of us, but it seemed like the Ravens were ripping off a six, seven-yard run like every time they ran the ball. Um 
so it wasn't really like that, you know, until like you talked about, they, they were able to kind of break a couple long ones uh, towards the, the end of the game. So, yeah, I think to your point, they, the, the Bengals had said, Hey, uh, we're probably going to have to get this thing done through the air. And even that, you know, um, got off to a little bit of a slow start. I mean, they had the 55 yarder to Uzama in the first half, but other than that, it was about it in terms of like really, really big plays. And then, you know, obviously they got it going in the second half. But Chris, I'll kick the same question over to you. Uh, your impression coming out of that game and any long-term concerns or you just chalk it up to a bad day at the office? Yeah, I have two for the, the long-term uh, concerns. Uh, the first one is just uh, how slow the offense starts starts in games. Um We've seen it be a bugaboo in the playoffs where they, they can't get it going. And we know in the playoffs you're not playing any scrubs. So if you're going to take a whole quarter to get your offense going, that other team, they're not going to wait for you to wake up. They're going to have their, their foot on the pedal and ready to go. In that. And that's what we've seen in the playoffs these last few years. So that's that, that's something that, you know, it has to change going forward. Um, I don't think it's any one person in particular i don't think it's on lamar i don't think it's on the wide receivers i don't think it's on greg roman i just for whatever reason i mean there there are to take it back to to fighting there are some fighters that they start slow like they can't get it going in the first round they gotta got they gotta get warmed up a little bit and it seems like that's the way this team is they kind of got to get warmed up so i don't know if there's a way to kind of speed up that process so they don't put the the defense in in such binds of having to be in the field because of three and outs over and over again in the first quarter. But uh, that's something I would like to see change going forward is just try to get that spark as early as possible and and try to build that momentum and also not have the defense on the field so so much early on in the game. And then the other concern I have is just the defense just doing this Jekyll and Hyde thing. You know, one week, they're great. Next week, they switch cheese. Like it's, and there's way too much talent because I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. And I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, this is a talented defensive roster. Like I know they lost Marcus Peters, which is big, but it's his loss. It does not explain why it would be so terrible. You know, when we look at the the Raider game. We look at the Colts game. We look at this past game against the Bengals. It's like there's no reason for these these kinds of performances that they're putting up. Now, is it a communication issue? Is it sometimes effort? Obviously, the tackling issues have been well documented. I don't know, but it, it's something that that definitely has to be corrected going forward if this team wants to wants to go deep in the playoffs or even have a playoff run. Yeah, but I'm I'm kind of with you on the the defense part, and Kerry mentioned this too. Um, the tackling thing has has been kind of a persistent um, thing throughout. You know, I mean, I guess it didn't show up as much in the Chargers game. Um, I think they were a little bit more consistent in terms of tackling in that game. But I I want to say we've seen it pretty much throughout all the other games. And uh, John Harbaugh talked about that uh, after this Bengals game. He's talked about it several times actually. <laughs> But uh, he, he just laid it on the line and said, look, if, if we don't 
do the little things on defense. I mean, the, the, we're talking about fundamentals and, and technique, whether it's tackling or whether it's with coverages or, you know, just all those little things that you sometimes take for granted. He said, we're just going to be a mediocre defense. And that's, that's just the reality of it. So like you said, the talent is there, but it's, you know, it's chasing that consistency. We've talked about that before. Um, you're always chasing it, you know, from game to game, week to week. Um, you're, you're just chasing it. And uh, we know they have the talent to do it. We've seen them do it in, in games this year. And, um, you know, so I'm not panicking too much um, about the secondary. I mean, I know they've given up uh, some big passing yardage games. But, you know, some of that to me is just it's kind of the way of the NFL now. I mean, all the rules are sort of geared towards offense and geared towards the passing game. And it's just, you know, it's not as easy. Uh, it's not that, well, I don't say that. It was never easy. But it's more of a challenge now, I think, for defenses. Uh, I was thinking about that, too, because I'm like, who is – because, you know, growing up, I, there's always been dominant defenses. You know, the Ravens, then you had the, the Buccaneers, then you had the, the Legion of Boom, you had the Bears. And it's like now – you can't really think of a defense as far as recent history other than the Legion of Boom that's been consistently dominant. You know, because right now, who's the best defense? Maybe the, the Bills? Maybe? If it's by points, it's probably the Bills. Um, and, and I wouldn't even consider them dominant. They are, they've got a good defense, but I wouldn't even consider them dominant. Yeah, when you, you look at the teams that are listed in terms of uh, points allowed at the top, I, I don't think if I ran off some of these names that people would say, hey, yeah, these are dominant defenses, just the top five. The Bills are number one. Uh, Saints are two. Cardinals are three. The Broncos, I think people would consider them dominant, are, are four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are, are, are six. We were kind of talking about them off here. And the uh, the Vikings are seventh. Okay, I said I wasn't going to go that far. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, you you hear those names and you and you think, oh, yeah, that's a dominating group. Um, they're good for sure, not taking anything away from those defenses. They're, they're talented groups and, and they have good players. But like you said, it's just not – it's probably just not the way that it used to be. I don't know if it can get back to that because, like I said, things are sort so geared towards um, offense now, yeah. allowing them to to do things that uh, help them score more points. So it's just, it's a real challenge out there. But we know that they've got better performances in them for sure uh, than what they showed yeah. the Bengals. Certainly expect to see that. I certainly expect to see it coming out of the bye because I think it's a proud group. And um, like Calais Campbell said, this one stings, and it and it should sting. You know, and, and that should should motivate you to want to come out of that bye and not let that happen again. Not have to experience this feeling again. So I, I think I definitely expect them to come out and and kind of be clicking on all cylinders on defense after the bye. Um, Anything else from this game we want to talk about or do we want to kind of move on to the next topic? Yeah, it's like a bad relationship. Let's just forget it ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hey, we'll we'll see. We'll, 
will seamlessly, uh, or well, not seamlessly. Hopefully, hopefully this is a loss that we could look back on the way we look back at that, that Texans game in, in 2012. There you go. Hopefully that's what, yeah. it, what, it, what it could turn into. Because that was an ugly one too. And uh, sometimes it happens. You know, it just starts to kind of steamroll on you. And before you know it, you know, it's, it's a big number up there on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> It just happens, you know. Uh, so like you said, let's, let's just burn this tape. Right? We're going we're gonna to move forward. But we wanted to do um, – well, let's do it this way. Let's, let's talk about the season, kind of take stock of, of – where we think the Ravens are right now. Uh, and I'll start with you, Chris, because you kind of hit on this, that if knowing that they were going to have 16 people on IR, that they were still going to be five and two at this point in the season, you'd be pretty happy with that. Uh, I think pretty much all Ravens fans would be happy with that. So big picture, right? We put this bad relationship that is the Bengals game out of our minds. Uh, big picture, how do you feel about the season thus far and, um, you know, where you think things might be headed. Um, like you said, man, I, f- I feel good about it going forward. Uh, this is a team that they've gone through a lot so far, and we're barely at the halfway point of the season. And they've gone through so much, they've battled through so much, and they've shown that they're a resilient team. And now we got Nick Boyle probably going to be back after the bye week. That's huge for the offensive line and, and the run game in general. Um, hopefully, they'll be having Chris Westry come back at some point. Hopefully, they'll have Sammy come back and uh, even Ben Cleveland. So, And then, you know, down the line, I mean, I know he just got injured, but you hope for that last little run where they have to go through that gauntlet of teams where they play the Browns, the Steelers, the, pa- the Packers, the, um, the Rams. You hope you can get Bakary back for those games too, because he's been one of the best right tackles in the game. So to get him back, that would be massive for that late push going into the the uh, playoff season. So I, I feel good about it. Um, it. It's it hasn't been the ideal way that you would want the the team, you know, the season to go with all of these injuries and all of these close games to maybe lesser opponents. You would say, but um, I mean, they're they're in a, a very very good position right now because there aren't many teams that could survive sixteen players on IR, and they've been able to do it. A lot of people they, you know, poo poo and talk crap about that uh, preseason uh, win streak that the Ravens have, and it's like, oh, you know, John Harbaugh cares more about this thing than keeping his his players safe, which is dumb, but that shows you how like how well this team is built is that it's not just in the preseason is they're putting guys at the end of their bench to play in these games and they're still coming out on top so that just shows how great this organization has been as far as putting together a a whole team yeah i don't know why you would want or at least your your goal your approach to games preseason or whatever is hey we're trying to win the game i mean what you know, people will say, well, preseason doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the record, sure. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But you're trying to win games, and you're trying to, to your point, build the most competitive roster that you can. And so, I mean, to me, that, and, and as you said it, 
that means something. That street means something. You know, it's not it's not just you know some some meaningless thing. It's a reflection of their culture and you know the quality of depth because that's what wins a lot of those games, right? Yeah. They get into the second half of those preseason games, and um, you know you've got guys who you don't necessarily know if they're going to make your team or not. But the Ravens seem to consistently have better quality uh, in terms of their depth at the you know the third and kind of fourth levels. Yeah, they, they had this guy at the end of the preseason games that he would close the games out, his running back named Tyson Williams. He was really good in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, they hate him down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started, man. Listen <laughs> earlier about uh you, not, not even just the preseason, even the first regular season game. The Raiders. Yeah. Like, man, let's get let's get that Tyson back. Let's get that confidence. <laughs> Tell for sure and Tyson back. Uh, I think he's still there, and um, you know, it's he's kind of had some some confidence shaking a little bit. I think, um, you know, coaching staff. Look, who am I to to question it? I'm not there, but uh, I just as a fan, I didn't necessarily love the way they handled the situation at times with deactivating me. I know people will look at certain plays and say, "Oh, he shouldn't even be out there." Um, but you know he's he's still a rookie. He's essentially a rookie, right? In terms of, of playing in the NFL, I know he's been in the league two years, but he didn't he didn't play in games last year. So yeah, he's still going to have that rookie learning curve. But you know the talent is there. But anyway, uh, you know I'll go down a whole tangent uh, mm-hmm. with that. Um, let me let me get you on this, Kerry. How do you feel about where the team is at this point in the season? You know, going into the bye and. Um, you know, kind of big picture, right? In terms of, uh, you think things might be headed? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but for them to have as many people on IR as they have on IR and be five and two at this point is, you know, impressive in itself. But when you look at both sides of the ball, I still see upside on both sides of the ball, even with the injuries. And, you know, if you look at offensively, they just got Bateman back, you know, he looks the part. Hopefully, at some point, they get Sammy Watkins back sometime soon. You add Boyle. Um, so, you know, we're seeing, um, you know, an upside in the passing offense that, we, that we're not used to seeing. Uh, you know, the offensive line is the offensive line. Um, you know, they've just been decimated, but I think they've had pieces of that that, that held together pretty well. So, um I'm optimistic on that side of the ball. I'm still optimistic on the defensive side of the ball because if you look at this unit, in past years we've seen different struggles and stuff like that. And when you looked at the roster, we saw young players that we were hoping could turn the corner. We were hoping could do things. Well, we've seen Oway and Brandon Stevens and the you know the young linebackers. We've seen them all make plays on defense you know now we're just hoping that you know with more um experience and going through these different battles that they're able to kind of build on that and then by the end of the season you see much more confident players but all these guys have shown flashes of uh being able to make big plays and games you know uh anthony avery was a bright spot of that Bengals game um you know that He's a guy that constantly gets um, targeted in games, but, you know, he shows up well. You know, he's 
either breaking up plays or he's tackling the guy right away. Um, and, you know, he's playing confidently, playing physically. So um, you know, just too many young players playing um, well on both sides of the ball for me to, you know, get down on on one bad, uh, bad outcome. So, you know, I, I still like the upside of this team on both sides. Obviously, um, there are going to be some pieces of this team that we just have to kind of accept it for what it is. You know, offensive line being one, um, you know, running back possibly, you know, being another. Um, and one other thing I wanted to hit on, too, and I think this criticism is warranted, but I do want to discuss it. Um, much is made about Lamar holding on to the football. And I get it. He does hold on to the football too long at times. Um, I agree with the criticism, but I want to be careful um as far as, you know, any kind of mandates uh, about him getting rid of the ball, um, you know, quicker or, or hoping that the coaching staff, you know, tries to balk him down or anything like that. He's special with the ball in his hands. You know, he's a special player, um, you know, as far as a runner and as a thrower, his ability to stem plays and just make plays overall. I don't want to temper that in any way. Now, he's going to have to try to find a balance. Obviously, there's times where he's taking hits he shouldn't take. Um, but I think part of that is just part of the experience. I think sometimes you're just going to have to eat that, you know, he's going to take a sack or two or a hit or two more than the average quarterback. But he's also going to make magic. He's also going to have make plays that nobody else in the league can make. So I, I think people have to be careful when they when they're kind of overcritical of that piece of his game uh, because that piece of his game unlocks magic that we talk about that we that we're in shock of that as Raven fans we brag about um so you know it, it just comes with the the territory when you have a player of his caliber I totally agree with that I mean you you've seen that throughout uh NFL history with other quarterbacks who will tend to kind of hold on to the ball, but that's because they have the talent and the ability to make something happen. Uh, we've seen it in this division, Lord knows, with uh, with Big Ben for years, especially the early part of his career. It's funny, it's kind of gone the other way now, right, where they get the ball out real quick, throw the ball real short. But in the early part of his career, um, once it kind of transitioned to kind of his offense, you know, or like rookie year, you know, they were still running the ball a lot, relying on the defense. But once it kind of transitioned to his offense, we all remember as Ravens fans how hard it was to get that dude on the ground. He was always extending plays, breaking out of tackles, finding ways to make plays down the field. You know, people talk about that with Mahomes. People talk about it with Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, like so many things revolving around Lamar, um, you know, the standard is different for whatever reason. I know what the reason is, but I'm going to be PC. <laughs> <laughs> the standard is different. With him, right? When, uh, he's maybe engaging in some of the same things, right, that uh, other quarterbacks are praised for. But when he does it, it's a negative. So, you know, we, we know that. Uh, we've talked about that several times, and it's just like it doesn't matter what you do, right? Even the, the narratives that he's 
continued to break, right? The not being able to come from behind, can't throw for this many passing yards, this many pass. That one was like one of the most ridiculous ones, right? Where the guy was like super specific. Like, not only do you have to come back from you know, <laughs> 30 something passes, and he literally did it. He literally tried <laughs> that exact thing, hit each one of those things uh, in the, in the Colts game. So, I mean, to me, uh, that stuff has never made any sense to me. You guys know my thing has always been, you know, uh, hasn't, doesn't equal can't, you know, sometimes just because you haven't seen something, right. I think it's not possible. Well, maybe you just haven't seen it. Doesn't mean it's not possible. It's just a yet thing. So, yeah, I'm with you. When you have a precocious talent like that, I mean, there are certain things you certainly try to do to, to get, to help them reach their potential and maximize that talent. But um, James Irvin, who's the quarterback, who's, you know, Ravens quarterback coach, he talked this week during his presser, usually right around the bye or before the bye, they they have the position coaches talk. And he, somebody kind of, I don't know if they asked him the specific question about holding the ball. I think it was sort of related to that. But he basically said, like, why would I want to take certain things away from Lamar? These, these God-given natural, you know, abilities that he has to be a playmaker. He's like, why would I ever try to coach that out of him? If anything, I want him to be able to do that as, as much as possible. You know, he said it's just a matter of like you kind of uh, talked about, Carrie, it's, it's kind of finding that sweet spot of, you know, when when do we do those things? And then maybe other times where, hey, there's nothing there down the field, you know, get to the check down or, you know, even worst case scenario there's pressure on you. You can't even get to the check down, um, get the ball, you know, throw the ball away. Or sometimes even if you just got to take a sack, I mean, Lord knows we saw Peyton Manning do that for years, right? He'd just go into the fetal position mm-hmm. when he knew a play was dead because he recognized it so early. He's just like, hey, there's nothing here. And then he'd come back the next play and, like, throw a touchdown on him. So, uh, you know, that that takes experience, though, right? Those guys were, were further, you know, the Paytons and Tom Brady's are further along in their careers when they, they make these kinds of plays and make those kinds of decisions. And, you know, Lamar is still very early in his in his career. So, um, and we've already seen that growth this year in terms of getting the ball to the check down uh, more consistently, um, you know, maybe realizing that a play is dead and not, you know, turning it into something worse. Uh, I think he's done that a little bit more consistently this year um, than maybe he has in, in some of the previous years. Now, people will look at the Bengals game. So I didn't see it that much in that game. But, hey, <laughs> it's a week-to-week league. You know, sometimes you're going to have those individual games where things aren't, you know, aren't some of the progress that you've seen. You'll necessarily see it as much in that game. You know, it happens. So um, you kind of just have to take it one week at a time. I'm I'm like with both of you guys. I'm still very bullish on what this team can do in the second half. Yes, they've got a difficult schedule coming up, but I mean, look, if anybody's been battle tested, it's this team. I mean, think about the games that they've had uh, in the early part of this season. Uh, it's really only been these last two weeks, right? The Chargers and the Bengals, where they've been lopsided scores. Either way, <laughs> I mean, I guess the Broncos a little bit, um, but other than that. They were in these nail biter overtime games, uh, you know, 66 yard field goals and everything else. Or 63. I don't even remember how long it was now. Uh, <laughs> 66, I think. 66, you're right. Uh, they've had so many of these games where 
they've been tested, but it just seems like there's this this narrative out there like, oh, they just have so many injuries. They're not going to be able to keep overcoming these injuries. And I'm like, well, they've already done that. They've already overcome it. You know, so I, I and, and that, that's what you want too. You want a, a battle tested team because in 2019, the only test they had was against the Cleveland Browns where they got whooped. And then after that, they just went full throttle and, and Lamar was in, you know, he was the MVP. And they had that great offensive line that helped protect him, the great running game. So when they got smacked in the mouth in the playoffs at home against the Titans, they didn't know how to respond to that. But now they can get smacked in the mouth. And you even saw it in uh, during the Bengals game where it's like, you know, they – yeah, Harbaugh's going to keep going for it, even in their own territory, because they believe that they can come back. It's not just like, I mean, yeah, we got to try to do this, you know, like like when the Lions try to make a comeback. It's just like are they going through the motions. But when the Ravens are trying, it's like, no, we've seen this multiple times this season. So we believe that we can come back. We know we have it in us. And that's what you want during the playoffs, because you're going to get smacked in the mouth at some point in the playoffs and you're going to have to overcome the adversity and this team has answered the bell. I mean, granted it's been in the regular season, but the regular season prepares you for the playoffs. And when you take a team like the Cardinals, for example, Cardinals haven't been punched in the mouth yet. Now, does that happen? Do they go through those tests in the, uh, during the season or is it going to happen to them in the playoffs? Cause if it happens to them in the playoffs, Let's see how they respond to it after not really being smacked in the mouth during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. and nothing lasts for long in the NFL. I mean, you know, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, you know, he was he was in Canton. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was in the GOAT edition of the of Madden. <laughs> and 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 all deserved based on how he had how yeah. he's played. Um, I mean, that's probably the best start to a career that you could ever ask for. Yeah. yeah, all deserved. So I'm not taking anything away from him, but we're seeing right now how, you know, it can happen to any team in the NFL. You can go through some struggles. You can go through a tough time. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they kind of find their footing at some point and get on a little oh, yeah. history. Well, the defense is, is struggling right now uh, pretty badly. And, you know, when you get into that finger-pointing game, when guys are starting to look around at each other and, and kind of point fingers, that's a tough thing to get out of. I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily something that they've had um, go on there um, in, in previous years. And, and it sounds like just, you know, I'm an outsider. I'm not, I don't follow them that closely, but just, you know, reading some of the stuff, sounds like they're maybe having a little bit of that creeping in. That, that can be tough. But, you know, if they can kind of close ranks on that and just say, hey, look, you know, the only people that can get this thing right are us. You know, it's the guys in this locker room, the guys in this team, the coaching staff, everybody. I think those kinds of teams, they find a way to come out of that. So I, I wouldn't write them off just yet because um, obviously they, they have an extreme talent at quarterback and, and some other talent on, on that roster. So, yeah, we those those kinds of teams who've been through things and go through those kinds of tests, those are the teams that you figure, you know, are going to be there uh, at the end of the season in the playoffs and, and have an opportunity. So. I actually was really, um, you know, happy. Not at probably the time when I was watching those games because it's bad for my nerves, but 
looking at it now, looking back, I'm like, man, I'm glad that they were able to go through some of what they, the Ravens, I mean, now go through some of what they've gone through this season and come out with wins in those games. Cause it's just a young team learning how to win. You know, Calais Campbell has talked about that. Obviously he's been around a long time. He's, you know, it takes time for, for, for young teams to learn how to win to learn how to become champions. And this is the kind of stuff you have to go through. You have to earn the right. Like he always says. So uh, I think you're seeing a little bit of that. Um, well, look, let's switch now. Cause I think we've kind of given our, uh, our, our takes on where we think things are and you know, what we're looking forward to in the second half of the season. Um, if I didn't mention it, I mean, obviously anybody can go and look it up. Uh, but if I did mention, I think we talked about it a little bit, right? They're coming, their schedule coming out of the bye. They got the Vikings uh, coming out, and then I want to say it's the Dolphins. Is that? Yeah, right? they got the. They have the. Um, they have the Vikings week nine. Then they have short rest against uh, Miami. Might be going to that game on Thursday. <laughs> And uh, then they have the Bears, who might be without Khalil Mack. And then that's when they get into the rough stretch of the Browns, Steelers, Browns, Green Bay, Bengals again, Rams, and Steelers. It's a tough stretch. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough, tough end of the season. <laughs> that is a tough end. And, uh, you know, this battle test, that battle testedness we're talking about, we're going to see it. We're going to see it show up again. It's going to have to. Uh, to be able to get through that stretch, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun looking forward to that because they're gonna be you know in, in the heat of the uh, division race, you know, playing division teams really close together. I mean, mm-hmm. three weeks in a row, uh, <laughs> a divisional game. So they have crazy. they have four divisional games in five weeks. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. That is a gauntlet right there. Um, but hey, I believe in this team. I think they're up for the challenge. So, like Harbs always says, we don't blink. We don't blink. Uh, we just rise to the challenge. So, I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's talk a little bit about trade deadline. We said we were going to touch on that a little bit. Um, I know I mentioned, you know, you hear uh, pretty consistently that the Ravens are so tight against the cap that it's not a whole lot that they can do uh, in terms of acquiring players uh, and being able to take on those contracts. But uh, you guys have been tapped into that a little bit more than me. I know, Chris, you were you were telling me and Carrie both uh, about some of the things that you had heard from uh, guys like Brian McFarland and Tony Lombardi. So I'll I'll start with you. Um, I guess one, get your take. Do, do you expect the Ravens to make any moves at the trade deadline? And then two, uh, maybe just some, some possible moves and some players you think you know, could could be acquisitions. So I'm just gonna go with a with an uninformed one, uh, one that I, I don't know if it's possible or not. I don't know if it's realistic, but I'm gonna go with one that I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, and I I would like to see Ronald Jones in this offense. Uh, I think Ronald Jones would be a good fit here because he he's a physical guy, but he also has some juice. Um, he's got hands of stone, unfortunately, but. Um, I think he's a guy that he he can fit really well into this into this offense because he gives you the physical element, kind of like Gus does, but he also has some of that that uh, that uh, speed that they're missing because right now they don't really have a guy other than Tyson Williams who has any juice coming out the backfield. But I think he's a guy who can scare defenses, whereas someone like Devontae Smith, right? 
um, he'll get, you know, those tough seven, eight-yard gains, but he's not going to really blow past the defense. He's not going to blow blow past anyone in the second level. Now, Ronald Jones, on the other hand, he may not be as nuanced of a runner as Devontae Freeman is, but he's he's a better athlete and he's uh, probably just a more a more of a threat to take it to the house than someone like Devontae Freeman is. So I think adding someone like him would would be a good element for the backfield. But like I said, I don't know if that's possible. Um, it, I mean, the Buccaneers aren't even really using him right now. It's the Leonard Fournette show sprinkled in with a bit of Gio Bernard. So it just seems like they they're really done with him and. It, it looks like they might want to trade him, but uh, like I said, I'm not sure if the Ravens will even would even have the the cap space to do something like that. I think you make a good point about lacking sort of that home run threat. You know, you mentioned Devontae Freeman, um, Latavius Murray. You know, before he had the ankle injury, obviously Lev Bell. You know, all veteran, you know, established professional running backs uh, in this league, but you know, all, you know, a little tread on the tires and, um, you know, you, you've got some guys that can hit you some singles and some doubles, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but you don't really have that home run hitter uh, that you had in JK or even in Gus. Don't sleep on Gus now. Gus hits mm-hmm. you uh, <laughs> So you don't really have that right now. You got kind of more of those single and double guys, which, um, you know, hey, there's there's a place for that. You you certainly you certainly need to to keep guys on base. You know, you got to get guys on base, right, and move guys around the base pads. But every now and then, uh, you want to play that long ball. Uh, you know, with, with, or at least have that threat. You know, that teams have to respect that you can do that. Um, so that's an interesting one. I know I've seen you mention him before, and um, that would be interesting because I don't think that's a name that I've seen other people in the fan base really talk about. Yeah, and um, it's it's like if. As far as like a, a thinking like a defensive player, it's like if I don't hit that hole in time, he's gone. But with Devontae Freeman there, if I don't hit that hole there, we can still catch him. You know, he, he might get the first down, but we're going to catch him. Yeah. So it just puts adds a, another layer of stress to the defense. Yeah. And that was a big thing for them when, you know, they, they added J.K., last year like we talked about already had gus um and even when they first got mark ingram you know the first year that they had him um he still had that juice um you know with lamar i mean just imagine if they had that speed threat in the running game with what they've added in the passing game now the speed that they have there if you can just add that that's that home run hitter in the run game um you know that could really open some things up carrie let me get your thoughts on that um same same questions. Uh, do you see them being active at all, even if that just means one player <laughs> before the trade de- for the trade deadline? Are there any players um, that that you're interested in? Yeah, I mean, if anybody's able is going to be able to pull something off in a situation like this, it's going to be DaCosta. You know, he's going to you know look under every rock, try to figure out everything he can. But unless you can start putting players on layaway, man, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be tough selecting trying to make a deal happen. Um, one guy I was talking to the um, the guys about before we started recording was uh, Philip Lindsay, and I know when he signed with Houston, I, I want to say he signed for like two or two point five million. So uh, you know, I, I know obviously it's less than that 
left on the deal as far as a prorated amount. Um, so, you know, that would, this would be more for, um, you know, Brian McFarlane. Obviously he's the go-to guy with this stuff, but you know, if, if he was a guy they could somehow work um, under, you know, underneath the cap, I think he'd be uh, another one of those kind of home run threats that we're talking about. And, um, you know, Really, I think I resign myself to the fact other than possibly that kind of move or, you know, maybe a Marlon Mack that, you know, they kind of have what they're going to have just because of the, of the cap constraints that they do have. Um, and, uh, you know, just to kind of piggyback off what you guys said about the running game, um, when you have that home run threat, I mean, obviously you want to have an offense that can sustain drives and, you know, put together eight, nine play drives, you know, every offense wants to be able to do that, to have the ability to do that. But damn, if it ain't nice to not have to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice to, you know, have a back in that backfield that, you know, third play of the draft can just pop one for 40 yards and, you know, we got seven. So, and then just having the gravity of somebody in that backfield that is capable of doing that to add to the fact that you got number eight back there, they can just do it himself. So, you know, he obviously brings uh, quite a um, bit of attention. So, uh, you know, that obviously will open it up for a guy like a Lindsey or, um, you know, a Ronald Jones to, you know, have even more of a gap or running lane to, to get to that second level. Then it's just about them in a foot race with, you know, a linebacker or a safety or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, so I would say that's pretty much it, man. If they can find that home run threat and running back just to give the offense another element of something, just some, you know, juice on the edge. Cause you know, these guys that we have now, these vets, they're going to get what's blocked. You know, they can run in the interior, but you know, they leave a lot to be desired on, um, you know, off tackle kind of runs, you know, trying to get to the corner it's been some been some cringy moments with some runs to the edges <laughs> these last few weeks. So, you know, it'd be nice to have that home run threat. But, you know, if they can't get it, I think there's enough, you know, with, with Lamar being that centerpiece, there's enough there to get the job done. But, you know, it'll always be nice to have that, that guy in there that can just shorten a drive. Yeah, we saw that in the Bengals game, right? It was nice when you got <laughs> – you got somebody who can take a slant 82 yeah. to the grid. Uh, that's that's pretty nice. Um, so yeah, that's to you know, I think all, all of the fan base has, has kind of talked about that, uh, in one way or the other. You know, they might have named a different player, um, but I think everybody has, has kind of been looking at that running back group. And like you both have kind of said, it's no knock on the guys that are here, right? But you know, it's it's just a different element. That you know, I think um, we feel like they're they're probably lacking in that group, and that if you could go out and acquire that, you know, and that's a big if we know with their cap situation. But if you can, you know, that's something that could could you know really help this offense, um, which is, is has been good. Um, you know, it's not like the offense has been bad, but uh, we still just don't have that that home run speed element. Um, I just wanted to double check. Yeah, they're ninth in. And scoring so i mean they're not <laughs> it's not like they're bad uh that could that could really open things up in a different way 
Um, anybody else you guys wanted to talk about in terms of the trade deadline? I really, you know, I was deferring to you guys on that because you were kind of schooling me before we started recording about what you guys have heard. Um, so I don't really have anybody, but anybody else that you guys want to mention or are you good with the trade deadline talk? Yeah, like like Kerry said, unless we can put somebody on layaway, it's it's looking very, very <laughs> skimpy. Yeah, I don't think we got we don't have that rent a center option. <laughs> <laughs> These players, unfortunately, but Gary, to, to your point, if anybody can, you know, make something out of nothing uh, from a GM right. perspective, it would it would be Eric DaCosta. So yeah. who knows? Who knows what he he might be able to pull off and surprise us all? Um, wouldn't be the first time. Um, there's a couch. There's a couch somewhere in the castle that might have some change underneath it. He might be able to <laughs> scrounge up enough <laughs> to get something done. <laughs> yeah. You just never know with that guy. He he always seems to have multiple moves, uh, you know, in his pocket. And when when we see him, it's kind of like, oh wow, where'd that come from? But it just seems like he's always kind of, you know, trying to stay two three steps ahead and and, and have those different options. So uh, I would not be surprised if this isn't something that you know he's been working on behind the scenes. It's not like he was not aware of what the cap situation what the cap situation was, you know, as, as they have been going from week to week. So uh, I'm sure they've been trying to do whatever they can. So we'll see how that goes. Um I guess the other thing, um well let me let's do this because I, I did think this was fun. You guys might not think this is fun, but I thought it was fun. I think the the practice squad, is this a real player? Is this a real person? Are they on the practice squad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a fun little game. We won't we won't spend too much time on it, but I think it's this is a little fun. I, obviously, I have the advantage of looking at the practice squad, so I have to recuse myself from the game. I'm just going to ask the questions, but we'll just do a couple little names, a couple little names, right? All right. So we're we're, we're going to start off easy. At least I think it's easy. Um, James Carpenter. Is that a real person, a real football player, an NFL football player? And is he on the Ravens practice squad? Yes. Yes. That's correct. That's correct. James Carpenter, in fact, a real person, offensive tackle out of Alabama, been in the league for 11 years, um, played with Seahawks. Played, I think it was with the Falcons most recently, but back in the day with the Seahawks uh, on both of their Super Bowl teams, the win and the loss. Mm-hmm. So he's got that experience. All right, that's going to get a little bit trickier here. Fair Hooker. Is that a real person? And are they on the Ravens practice? F-A-I-R, first name, Hooker. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with a no. No, not a real person? And no, not on the practice squad? No for both? Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a like a Grand Theft Auto character. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right that he's not on the Ravens practice squad, but Fair Hooker actually was a real person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns, played back in the uh, late '60s, early '70s. Um, <laughs> that is a real person, not on the Ravens practice squad. Okay. Uh, Let's see. We'll do one, maybe two more. I give. I give. We'll we'll throw out a, another uh, easy. Well, maybe not. Okay, because his name is pretty common. Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas, a real person. Yes. In the Ravens practice squad. Yes. 
Okay. Do you know what position Joe Thomas plays? Linebacker. Linebacker. That's correct. You both know Joe Thomas. You guys probably know the story about Joe Thomas Sr. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, did he actually get a carry? I think he always got to play. Yeah, he got a carry. Yeah. Did he get a carry? 55? Was he 55 years Something old? Something like that, yeah. South Carolina State? Okay. Last one. And this is, you know, all or nothing. Push your chips in. Here we go. Happy feller. Is Happy Feller a real person? Is he on the pra- the Ravens practice squad? I'm going to say no practice squad. And it just sounds like somebody who threw a no-hitter in like the 1930s. So I'm going to say a real person. <laughs> I'm going to say not on the practice squad. And there's no way that that's a real person. I, I, I refuse to believe that. That is actually a real person. James Happy Feller <laughs> was a kicker for the Eagles and the Saints in the 70s. James <laughs> got the nickname Happy because he smiled a lot as a kid. So James okay. Happy Feller uh, was a real person. So you guys, Happy Feller. you guys got them all right. See, no fooling you guys. Yeah. You know you're Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I there's some I was looking at it uh before we started recording and I was like, oh, forgot some of these guys were on. Now I could have I could have hit you with the Maisie Wilkins. That might have got you if I had said Maisie Wilkins is he on the Ravens practice if we hadn't talked about it before the show. Yeah, I, if, if you didn't mention it before the show, I I wouldn't have got that. I'd have been like, Nope. I did not know Maisie Wilkins was on it. Yeah, I would I would have thought that was like a 70s soul singer, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> You Come into the stage, Maisie Wilkins and the Whispers. <laughs> that boy's good. That's, <laughs> uh, that's probably a cue that it uh, we're we're near the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, but be- before we do that, I always just like to do one last round, one you know, final call. You guys got any other topics you want to hit on? Or are you are we good now that we've gotten into? Uh, coming to america territory (laughs) (laughs) no i'm I'm good man i'm good this week we're going into the bye uh you know not only the ravens players have to regroup but we have to regroup and and you know get ready for this last push of the season and uh get ready for this this gauntlet of games that's coming up yeah i definitely need it uh but no rest for the weary uh, unfortunately, I was I was hoping I would like not do any football stuff, but as usual, I have you know you know that's not possible. <laughs> One thing for, for the for the for the people listening, Mike Mike he'll tell us he was like I'm gonna take a little break, and then he was like I'm gonna start this little project, <laughs> and then a, a little project is like charting like a thousand run plays. <laughs> hey. You know what they say, you, you can't, it's like a, a Ritz, right? You can't just, you can't just, like, <laughs> got to keep going. Uh, yeah. That's, some, that's why you're the best though. I appreciate that. I, I've, I've been, my wife's been telling me, Hey, just, just take a compliment. You ain't got to say nothing, but thank you. <laughs> uh, it take, take a couple days off. Uh, last weekend, Last Friday was our 16th wedding anniversary, so we took a little trip, and I didn't. Congratulations on that, yes, sir. Thank you. I don't think I did any football stuff uh, for those those two three days. 
unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we came back, obviously, but I came back that Sunday before the Bengals game. And so, you know, it was cool that I got back in time and I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll watch the game. But mentally, I was still out of town. And so I didn't. I sat outside on my patio, had a little fire pit out there. I think I was listening to the first quarter on the radio. I was listening to the radio broadcast. And that's where I heard about the lady trying to climb into the broadcast booth saying she was looking for a drink. Mm-hmm. Then um, I think halftime, I cut it off and then was just sitting out there just looking at nature and <laughs> enjoying the fire pit. So mm-hmm. I did get away from it a little bit. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm doing this stuff every day. I'm not. Um, but we got a couple gearing up to do a couple things during this bye week so should be interesting should be fun um working on a project where we're maybe going to take a look at the linebackers um probably focus on patrick queen but you know maybe try to take a look at malik harrison a little bit and josh Bynes too and uh you know trying to trying to get that together with uh denard um and coach evans so fire zone show uh Hopefully everybody out there listens, subscribe, download, all that good stuff. And then Coach Evans, sit the tally films on YouTube. Same thing for Coach Evans. You should definitely be tapping in yes, to sir. his channel if you haven't already. So going to try to get those two guys on and, and really just rely on their expertise. You know, Coach Evans still coaching high school ball. Uh, Denar has coached and played uh, running back and linebacker. So just going to try to get their expertise and, um, you know, see what they think about what's going on with uh patrick queen and the ravens linebacker uh sneak preview we all like patrick queen have liked him and it hasn't changed so <laughs> that's one thing that you will hear uh come through probably in that is we're pretty pro patrick queen in that group uh, but i'm sure there'll be some you know they'll point out some things that they they'd like to see you know improvement on so working on that and a couple other things so we'll see how it goes um but i guess that's it we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up um, as usual, don't forget to subscribe for us, right? You got the audio podcast, you got the deep cover, uh, YouTube channel. Um, you know, we're trying to, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I should say we're shooting to try to, to record regularly. You know, we do our best. We do our best. Uh, that's kind of not been our, our thing over the previous couple of seasons, right? We try to get out podcasts as regularly as we can. But hey, we got lives, right? So we got. I mean, we we're, we're doing good this year. This season, we've been doing yeah. really well. We are doing good. This is. Yeah, we. I think we had some other seasons that we weren't too bad. But yeah, I, I think we've only missed maybe one week, maybe two weeks, something like that. So it's just pretty good. Um, but anyway, I mean, I always throw that out there because I, I had a couple people, uh, DM me. You know, like, what are you guys doing a podcast? You know. It's, it's kind of you're on and you're off. And I'm just like, hey, man, this is life. You know, stuff happens. Uh, we certainly aren't sitting up here trying not to do podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> do them, but uh, things come up. So, uh, but hey, you tap in with the channel. You click that notifications uh, bell. You'll always know uh, when one is out there because we post these in video and audio format. So if you're not sure, just do that and you won't even have to worry about it. You get notified and pop up in your feed will be right there uh, whenever they're out there so um as always thanks for listening thanks for rocking with us and y'all be good until the next time peace